everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. If you are new here, my name is Shadow and this is Kyle. Hi. You can hear me this week unlike last time. This is Shadow's House of Horror. First, I wanted to start by saying thank you to everyone who listened to or watched our first podcast episode. I was so nervous and you definitely could tell, but they will get better. I promise. Before the recording of that video, things just kept going wrong. Kyle's microphone didn't work. Which, I mean, you could probably tell in the audio, like, there were some awkward pauses. Yeah, that was me basically getting his um, input to a silent microphone, which was awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. Like, the times that she would chuckle. Yeah, that was me talking, but y'all couldn't hear me, so. Yeah, there was just that weird pause in between, like, her going on with the story and then me putting my input in. Yeah, and it happened a lot, so. Yeah. It was fantastic. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, this video should look a lot better than that grainy stuff that we put up last time. Crazy enough, I was just about to say that. Oh. Yep, I was going to say, our camera has had a bad quality. We just upgraded to a brand new camera, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's supposed to be here uh, last Friday, but thanks to UPS, it just went to the drop-off point. For me to pick up today, love you, UPS. Good, good job. Shout out to UPS and CVS. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> um, we got. Oh yeah, we got a new camera, and with the camera picture being bad, there's also this like random box. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a box right here, and we could not get it to go away post editing. Apparently, that is a thing with certain cameras, and we didn't know that, but... Uh, the Canon you... EVOS series, to be exact. Yeah, he's our tech person. I don't know anything. Oh, well, that's not true. You know some stuff, but probably just not as much as me. Yeah. It'll be alright. You'll get there. But, like I said, if you're here again this week, we appreciate you so much, and... We really hope you continue to like our series and love the support. Yes, definitely all the support. Definitely helping us to get more energized and to you know, wanting to do this more. Now that we have been rambling on for a couple minutes, let's get into the story. Um, I do have a warning for this story. Some parts of the story are a little graphic and are probably not suitable for younger children. So if you have younger children around listening and you do not want them to hear it or possibly see it, depending on what is on YouTube, I would advise to not have them around. Today we are talking about Ed Gein, also known as the Butcher of Plainfield. He not has no clue. idea who that is. Not a freaking clue. Our resources today are allthatsinteresting.com history.com, Britannica.com, and biography.com. Oh my goodness, my nose itches. I am so sorry. <laughs> Edward Theodore Gein, known as Ed Gein, was born August 27, 1906 in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and died July 26, 1984 in Madison, Wisconsin. After his gruesome murders and grave robberies, he became a well-known serial killer across America. 
Ed Gein inspired many popular horror films and books. Some of these movie characters include Norman Bates in the movie Psycho, Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs, and even Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And think out all those characters out on one guy. Yeah. So this one dude. One you know, one guy. Roundabout did all the stuff in those movies. Not all, but like certain characteristics that they really like, they made into a character, basically. Okay, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Hmm. Ed Gein was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin to an alcoholic father and domineering mother, Augusta, who taught her two sons that women and sex were evil. And Augusta believed women were vessels of sin, that the world was full of evil, and that drinking and immortality were the instruments of the devil. What would that make her? A vessel of sin, apparently. Gein was raised along with his older brother, Henry, Augusta Frantic, to protect her family from the evil who she believed to lurk around every corner. She insisted they moved from La Crosse, which she thought was a sinkhole of filth, to Plainsfield. Even there, Augusta decided to live outside of town since she believed that living in town would corrupt her sons. Goodness. Yeah. Sounds like a wonderful lady. That she was very, she was odd. She was very odd. You don't say. <laughs> As a result, Ed Gein only ever left his family's isolated farmhouse to go to school. This caused him to fail at establishing any meaningful connections with his classmates, who remembered him as being socially awkward and prone to odd, unexplained fits of laughter. Which would seem very weird, especially at that time in like the early 1900s. If someone just randomly like had unexplained fits of laughter, most kids in that day and age would make fun of them because you wouldn't know what was wrong with them. No. Even if someone does that now, you kind of think they're a little cuckoo. I mean, yeah, I guess. Ed Gein was an easy victim of bullies due to his lazy eye and speech impediment. So this, this poor boy just had everything going for him. Dang, man. Speech impediment, a lazy eye, an odd family. Despite all of this, Ed absolutely adored his mother. Gein absorbed Augusta's lessons about the world and seemed to embrace her harsh worldview. While his older brother, Henry, did not always agree and even would stand up to Augusta. Wow. After their father passed away in 1940, Dean and Henry began working more odd jobs to support the family. In 1944, the boys set out to clear out some vegetation in their fields by burning it away. The fire began to rage out of control. Henry never made it through the night. The following day, Gene reported Henry as missing to the police, but was able to direct them directly to his burned body once the police arrived at the house. That's convenient. Despite bruises that were discovered on the victim's head, the death of Henry was ruled to be an accident. At the time, 
It seemed like a tragic accident for the family, but accident or not, Henry's death meant that Ed and Gein, Ed Gein and Augusto as a farmhouse to themselves. They lived there in isolation for about a year. So, it's just Augusta with her odd world views and her son Ed, who just adored her and everything she said. I would say that there'd be some weird stuff going on in there, but he thought that sex was very bad, so... Yeah, there's definitely nothing that ever came out about anything like that. Kind of surprised. A year later, in the late 1945, Ed Gein's world changed drastically. His beloved mother, Augusta, died of health problems. Gein remained on the farm by himself. Oh, this is working out to be real good. After, after the death of Augusta, Gein became increasingly deranged. I mean, yeah. you're living isolated, and the one person that you loved more than anything is now gone. Yeah. Make you just a little bit more cuckoo than you already were. Now living alone, he left her room completely untouched, clean, and boarded up as a shrine to her memory. He moved into a small bedroom off of the kitchen to not disrupt the rooms Augusta had used. So any room that she basically made hers, he boarded up and would not use. So like no kitchen, no nothing? Well, he used the kitchen. But like her bedroom, say she had like like a sewing area because yeah, women in that time, they sewed a lot. All of that was not touched, boarded up, clean, mm. left in perfect condition the way she left it. Well, yep, that's just a little strange. Dean managed to support himself as a handyman and despite his odd behavior, was also a babysitter. I would not trust him with my kid. What? Yeah, no. No. Like, no way. Mm-mm. While living alone, far from town, he began to sink into his obsessions. Ed filled his days by learning about Nazi medical experiments, studying human anatomy, consuming porn, although he never attempted to date any real-life women, and reading horror novels. Yep. This is, this is turning very good. He began to indulge his sick fantasies, but it took a long time for anyone to realize it. Meanwhile, a few residents from the general area had mysteriously disappeared over the years. Among them was Mary Hogan, who ran a tavern nearby Pine Grove that Gene reg regularly frequented. In fact, for a full decade, no one thought much about the Gene farmhouse outside of town. So nobody even thought to go and check on him or even, like, thought of him as being suspicious when... These people would go missing because they basically just forgot that he existed. Oh yeah, if you're isolated out there, you know you don't talk to anyone for years. It seems, and yeah, I'd, I'd probably forget about him too. Yeah. Until November sixteenth, nineteen fifty-seven, 
Bernice Warden was reported missing from her hardware store in Plainsfield, with the cash register gone as well. The only thing left behind was a trail of blood leading out the back. Her last customer that night was none other than Ed Gein, who had gone into the store to buy antifreeze. Nice. Bernice Warden's autocorrected son, Frank, a deputy sheriff, was suspicious of Gein, and the reclusive man was soon apprehended at a neighbor's house. Now, before I talk about what they found in the house, I'm going to give a gruesome warning because it is pretty disgusting. Oh boy. It is not for someone who has a weak stomach. Ah, stuff of nightmares. Awesome. This was literally the authorities' nightmare walking into it. It's his mom, right? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> the authorities that were sent to Dean's home that night were greeted by the gruesome sight of Warren's headless, gutted body hanging from the ceiling by her ankles. There was also countless bones both whole and fragmented, skulls impaled on his bedposts, and bowls and kitchen utensils made from the skulls. Ew. Worse than the bones, however, were the household items that Ed had made from human skin. Ew, what? Authorities found chairs, like, in the upholstery was made out of human skin. A wastebasket made of skin, Leggings made from human leg skin. Masks made from faces. A belt made of nipples. A pair of lips being used as a window shade drawstring. What? Yeah, I don't even know how that would work. I don't either. A corset made of female torso. And a lampshade made from human face. That's disgusting. Along with the skin items, police found various dismembered body parts, including fingernails, four noses, and the genitals of nine different women. They also found the remains of Mary Hogan. Under questioning, Dean confessed to killing Warden and Hogan three years earlier. Additionally, he readily admitted to digging up numerous corpses for cutting off body parts, practicing necrophilia, and fashioning masks and suits out of skin to wear around the home. That's disgusting. With that sort of evidence, authorities attempted to connect him to other murders and disappearances from recent years, but were unable to draw any definitive conclusions. He was digging up remains of women he thought resembles his mother. He wanted to create a woman's suit so he could become his mother and crawl into her skin. Uh, I understand Buffalo Bob now. Yeah. Buffalo Bill. Bill. Sorry. Yeah, see, I know, I know nothing about this stuff. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Dean's lawyer, William Belter, entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. And in January 1958, Dean was unfit to stand trial. He was committed to Central State Hospital where he variously worked as a mason, carpenter's assistant, and medical center aide. So they had all this stuff in his house and because of insanity. Yeah. Okay. And years later, in 1968, Ed was deemed fit to stand trial and was convicted of the murder of Bernice Warden, but just of Bernice Warden. He never tried for Mary Hogan's murder because the state allegedly saw it was a waste of money. Ed was insane, a reason that he would spend the rest of his life in hospitals either way. He petitioned for release in 1974 and was, re and was rejected. Good. Good. Later that decade, his health failing, he was transferred to Mendota Mental Hospital Institute, where he died of cancer and respiratory illness, July 26, 1984. But that raises a chilling question. How many people did Ed Gein kill? Yeah. Until his death, 1984, at the age of 77, he only ever admitted to murdering Warden and Hogan. The other bodies which the police found as many as 40 in his home, claim, he claimed he only robbed from graves. But like I said earlier, there was people who were disappearing. Yeah. But they were never found. Oh, yeah, probably because they're all over his house. But how he inspired the horror movie characters, obviously you figured out Buffalo Bill. How he... His devotion to his mother is what inspired Norman Bates for Psycho. Uh, okay, yeah. And obviously the... Using of skin to wear and as furniture, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yep, that one makes sense too. But yeah, this one man single-handedly inspired three of the most popular horror movies of all time, and is. Now, a lot of people don't know his real name. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't know his real name. I, well, okay, like, I did, but I didn't connect that name to that. Like, I've heard the name before, but I didn't, I didn't know all that. <laughs> well, I always grew up, obviously, watching, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with my siblings. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, you knew... Like, the real Texas Chainsaw Massacre is real and he's still in prison. Well, in reality, what they were talking about was Ed Gein. And I didn't even know that that's who it was. But they obviously were mistaken because he died way before I was born. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. That's, uh... Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's something. That's, that's just gross. I and... told you it was gross chairs and yeah. belts it was 
all over his house. Um, there will be pictures on the YouTube. So have fun with that. Oh, I have to look at that. Um, yeah, it was literally a walking nightmare for these police officers who had to walk in there and find all of these body parts just yeah. all over the house. Now, I don't know if this is true or not because, you know, people like to talk. But I've heard rumors that there's actually some of his stuff um, kind of on display at, like, a horror thing. But I don't know if it's true. Like, I've read stuff where it is, and then I've heard other things where it's not. So I don't know. Um, But... If you enjoyed this story, right. which I don't know if you will, it's pretty gross. It was pretty gruesome. I'm not going to lie. But you can find it on our Patreon, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And everything will be linked. And you can just find it as Shadow's House of Horror. See you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.